Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to View with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Arizona, the show of wine, mezcal, studying everything to learn so much about the world. With today's guest, the founder of Sombra Mezcal, an importer of wine, a master sommelier, Mr. Richard Betts. I had the chance to sit down and talk with him, kind of a living legend in a sense I heard so much about him, and we got to sit down in San Antonio this year during the cocktail conference and i figured this was a great week to bring this chat out and introduce richard to the world in this kind of way he's a very intelligent guy very introspective thoughtful and he has to keep moving forward and it's great to have his thoughts and insights about the sustainability of mezcal judy cooper just interviewed released that on monday and then today with richard betts so i think it's a good companion piece and it was great getting to know him and i think you'll really enjoy this he's a very quirky guy but so insanely intelligent so without further ado i hope you guys enjoy this great chat with richard betts Yeah, that's, okay. And not to say that that's easy, but like, okay, I'm going to go here and do this thing, and it happens. And then, yeah. but then you got to like build your constituency, and hopefully, other people embrace your enthusiasms, and that's what takes all the time. That's hard. Do you, you've got a law degree, from my understanding, right? Or at least you were pursuing that. I have a graduate uh, thesis in hydrogeology, See, and was on my way to law school when I blew it off. That's cr- crazy. So we, I mean, there's so, so many different ways to kind of take this conversation and feel. How do you you know get that arrive at that intersection of wine and mezcal and things? Which I guess there's a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. But let's see, let's go a little more holistic at the moment. Do you like being on the road? Do you like talking I love to it. people? I, I do. I think um, I it suits my attention. Um, I don't know. Like what some, do you mean? Uh, some my my wife calls me. She says I have an attention deficit disorder, <laughs> which <laughs> which is probably true. Actually, yeah. as I started to learn more about that, it's it's for sure a thing. But um, not so much a deficit, but I like to do lots of stuff yeah. all at once and be really busy. It makes I me feel comfy. How how do you feel when it's off and it's downtime? How do you- Stir crazy. Yeah. I had yesterday, um, before I got on the plane, but I had the daytime alone in our home and I was itchy by like noon. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, you know, I already been to the gym and home and whatever, and I should have been like in a good place to work. And it's like, holy shit, I gotta go. I got what am I gonna do? What what am I gonna do? Ah, it's it's like, crazy, it's, right? Yeah, it's when wild. you when you work with things and you think and, and you have a lust for life in a sense right yeah it's kind of like lifting weights right yeah so you start at a certain place yeah and then at some point that's not good enough anymore. Mm-hmm. you got to mm-hmm. keep taking on more and more and more yep do you think that it i don't think it'll break either one of us i think we like this but is yeah. there a point in which you're like man I, maybe i will go hang out in oaxaca and just spend the rest of my late years there that's not gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> no matter where it is it's yeah. not gonna happen i you know I can see spending longer periods of time in places like yeah. two, three weeks, maybe. Sure. Um, and I try to do that, like at, 
make that happen for myself at least once a year. But you know, mm-hmm. we're we're making mezcal and making wine on three continents. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of other things. So there's a lot going on. So it keeps you moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you know, at least once a year, I find a moment to do that, and it's rewarding. It's nice, you know, and um, it's one by like sort of day four, you really sink into a different place. You know, you're, you're you sort do, of yeah. in the you find the depths of yourself in a good way. And you don't look as your, at your, as your phone at your phone as much, et cetera. So that's nice. Um, and so I see maybe, hey, if I can do that two or three times a year, that'd be good. But it's pretty no, good. I, I got to move around. It, I it's know. Cool. It's not, and it's not like a, I want to. For me, it's not like, you know, one beer got me drunk, and now I have to have three to get drunk. That's not right. the point at all. It's it's the more you travel, the more you see how cool this planet is, and Absolutely. meet all these awesome people, and and derive inspiration from what they're doing and that's that's exciting that's that's what feeds it totally you know? right the experiences yeah. the being just thrown in the cultures different cultures i mean totally once you catch a little bit of it especially like mezcal is an interesting kind of gateway yep into a lifestyle into a culture yeah much like wine is right it is as actually you, as you know yeah yeah and that is never that's not enough then no nope. the floodgates kind of open you're like well, okay well what else do they make Exactly. It's like, oh, yeah. I see it. Oh shit! What's that? Right. Totally. It's a toll and stuff like that, which is an interesting thing. It is. So, all right. So, you are you a Colorado guy? For the moment, yeah. yeah for the um, moment. Where, we, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up um, in Tucson, and Tucson. we were in Sonora, Mexico, literally every weekend my whole life. Until, no kidding. Until school, yeah. That's amazing. And, well, you know, college. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, good. Tucson's a great place. It is a great place. It's it is hot. I used to live in Scottsdale, and it's hot. Yeah, it is hot. I think Scottsdale is a less good place. It's a way no less offense good place, anyone in Scottsdale, yeah. but yeah, it's a little more soul in Tucson. I think that's what I hear. Yeah. So, yeah. what kind of stuff were you a thinking kid, or were you more athletic? Um, destructive. We're probably <laughs> 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 Maybe that was the the attention span thing. Yeah. I was like throwing myself on my BMX bike off of anything that oh, I yeah. anything I could. That's amazing. You know, blowing up everything I could. You know, when you go to Mexico every weekend, that means you come back every Sunday night with a, you know, a backpack full of firecrackers. <laughs> that's, that's that's how you so, gotta live it. Exactly. Know? Yeah. So no, it was good, and uh, this is where I got introduced to um, agave spirits, bacanora, yeah. of course. Because you, well, you could be pretty young and still kind of have access. Oh, for sure. Right. But also, like, I don't know if you guys have this term. Uh, we call that hey mister, hey mistering. No. Or like, you oh, know. is that kind of like when you cross the border and they're like? Well, it's like when you and I are twelve years old and we we like recycle the bottles, gather all this change, and give oh, it yeah. to some dude and say, "Hey, Mister, buy us some beer, right?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, sometimes when you, "Hey, Mister," and Sonora, you end up with Bacanora and a Fanta bottle. You That's know? fucking incredible. It was awesome. It was awesome. Did you? Was it even interesting then? Or oh, was super interesting. interesting. Yeah. Oh, super interesting. I mean, my where I derived. Uh, the satisfaction from was an entirely different place yeah. you know now there's there's the intellectual value and back then it was just pure buzz pure right buzz. <laughs> yeah why not yeah well i mean you're seeking bmx ramps and stuff so you were a biker not a skater mm-hmm. yeah. correct yeah does the punk rock punkiness and that attitude kind of go along with it when you're it does younger? tucson yeah. actually had a huge punk scene Did it really tucson had an enormous punk scene from it because all the the bands from southern california would huh. come through phoenix and tucson oh that's amazing and so i grew up um across the street from a place where my mom worked sometimes was the green dolphin okay which is a, just a divey dive bar but everybody used to play there black flag dead kennedy's so did- Yep. X and like Every, fear and all those dudes. All of it. What? In so this you crazy grew up in that? Yep, oh, exactly. Dude. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I don't know if the, the artist that did all the Black Flag yeah, album is, covers, his name's Raymond Pettibone. There we go, yeah. So he's now a huge deal. Um, he's an enormous uh, artist of um, international claim. Yeah. the Bucksbound Prize at Biennale in New York a few, about 10 years ago or so. But he used to do all those concert posters, and I just grew up with them stapled to the to the telephone pole it's outside of the Green yeah. Dolphin. The slipping in it's one like, still like, gets me. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. So Raymond became this huge artist, and I'm tangenting for a moment. No, but, yeah. Um, he, he's become this huge artist and with my first wine label, Betts and Scholl, my partner Scholl is a heavyweight in the contemporary art world. And so we would give the wine to a contemporary artist um, that want to play and yeah. say, here, catch a buzz. And however you respond to it visually becomes our label. That is incredible. So we were a few uh, wines in and I said, hey, look, Scholl, you're not worth your salt in the art world if you can't get Raymond Pettibone to do a label. And he's like, game on. Oh, and so shit. Raymond did the most amazing label for wine we made in California in That's 2005. Incredible. It's bananas. Isn't that bananas. weird how you, when you're younger, I'm sure in no way are you thinking, oh, I'll get into wine. Right? Yep, like wine no is, idea. Dude, it's like wine. Yeah. That's snooty shit my parents drank at that point. But in a you, box, yeah. In a box. <laughs> yeah. And then it all comes full circle when you're older. And not only did punk rock come back in a way on a mm-hmm. tang- in a tangential way, the wine intersected. As we get older, every fucking punk rock dude drinks. Yep, it's true. <laughs> they it's they so totally, true. Even Ian McIvill, he I don't know if he drinks, but he eats meat now, yep. at least from what I understand. Mm-hmm. We all kind of change and we grow up. I love that, though. Do you find, and this is, again, this would be a brilliant exchange of tangents and direct narrative and all this stuff, but do you find, like, many of the people in this industry as you're kind of traveling around and talking, they grew up being musicians. They grew oh, up totally. It's, why do you think that is? I think that there's something to, you know, an asymmetrical life that appeals to that personality. Yeah. You know, it's not going to sit in this box, not going to clock in for these hours. I got to like, you know, it, it, I have this thing, you know, yeah. I don't want this term, I don't want it to be pejorative, but you know, you've got this rage inside of you. Like, mm-hmm. God, man, it's the, I got to do something. It's, it's, you're, you're itchy, you're tingling. You're like, it is, it's electric, yeah. right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so it, however that expresses itself, it, I don't think it, uh, it lets you fit into the traditional boxes, you know? Which is a good thing. I think it's maybe a great thing. Holy cow. Perhaps that's where innovation really spawns. I think so. Having a really fucking problem with the system. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Like, totally. I've got to be me. pick with capitalism, right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah. It's an interesting thing. And I, I love that. And I, that's maybe why I love chatting with people on on the show and, and especially people in Mascal, so many artists dude yeah it's so cool filmmakers and all of that well so is it it's interesting because academically it sounds like you had a lot of structure yep. you pr- achieved pretty nice milestones academically but yeah. doesn't that seem kind of contrasting or disparate to being like a biker kind of destructive kid well it does and it doesn't i mean if you if you watch me work through that you know <laughs> uh, my graduate thesis of iris they tried to punch me in the face that <laughs> yeah. wasn't that was literally um that didn't happen but uh i mean he tried but he didn't connect <laughs> it's it's a struggle where i do i went i did those things and and just like i did the 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 Court of Master Sommeliers program, I did them for me because I, I am a huge believer um, in data, not dogma. Mm. I mean, the spirits industry is filled with dogma. It's oh. like, you know, just... Smoke and mirrors. It's and smoke that. and mirrors. Yeah. And that's, that's, that bugs me um, because I think, you know, we can, we're all entitled to an opinion, but we ought to be informed as opposed to, you know, yeah. just... Anyhow, so if, if I want to learn about something... Um, I want to do it yesterday. Yeah. And I 
tend to find the best way to do it is to impose pressure upon myself. And so like uh, rigid put, guidelines, timelines, timelines, like that. that time, timelines and tests. Yeah. And I respond to that. You know, if I want to get fit, I sign up for a race because I don't want to finish last. Yeah. You know, it's just wow. it's. And I don't mean that like I have to beat you, you or you. It's just no, like it's I just want to do this as as well as Richard can possibly do this. Absolutely. And so it's it's that sort of thing. And and um, you know I really wanted to learn about the scientific method, which is I think something everybody should learn Sound about. Sound approach to things, right? Yeah, exactly. Controlling variables one at a time. Because yeah. once there are two variables, Dude, then you, you learn nothing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so. When you talk about flavor, you talk about food. You talk about people. I mean, yeah. you like getting down into the. the your equation of it yep this this variable times a great variable temperatures a great variable yep uh, pr- uh, pressure like all these other things so you like it you like to get down and understand where things really really come from and that's how we get smart and that's yeah, how we can make improvements exactly. like yeah. you can't make anything better if you don't know why something happened that, i had this conversation just the other day yeah you know and people we're in an interesting place uh, in terms of the narrative of, of America right yep, now. We are. I mean, it doesn't even really feel political. It feels uh, platitudinal, if, yep. if that's the, the way. Mm-hmm. And people will say something like, man, we'll create more jobs. Mm-hmm. And so you and I know creating jobs means there's got to be a process. There's got to be hands on a thing doing a thing. Yep. And then say, we'll bring jobs back to America. Like, okay, we'll do that. Or I can get a robot that'll pay itself off in six months. Like, yeah. People, they, they don't think about stuff. Totally. They don't think about the details. Yeah. And for you having that kind of approach and that insight to understand stuff like that, do you like helping, uh, let's, let's use the word enlightening folks mm-hmm. about whether it's mezcal, whether it's wine, whether it's just the world? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's important that we all give back in, in some way. And, you know, I, that's, that's what originally precipitated the idea of, of law school. I wanted to do environmental law. And, yeah. And, one of the things I had to reconcile myself for myself was was that I wasn't going to give back in the fashion I imagined, and so um, I had to figure out what what does that mean for me now that I'm on this path to become a sommelier, and and I determined that I give back as a sommelier on a nightly basis by helping people enjoy their lives. Sure, right? They've worked all day doing whatever it is they're going to do, and now I'm their ambassador to a good time, and and. It's and I you know it's a service industry, but I think that gets lost pretty quickly with many people. That like, don't forget, people are paying to be there, and they're paying for you to make them happy. So make them happy, and that's yeah. that's really giving something. And now with be it you know our work with mezcal or wine or with the books that we write, it's it's about um, well, let's just take the books for example. You know we wrote these scratch and sniff wine books and uh, whiskey books. It's a beer book coming. Cool. Um, it's about taking something that's well-loved but poorly understood mm. and helping people um, understand more so they feel, feel empowered to make decisions and enjoy it more frequently. Right. Right? You know, there's, uh, wine's a great example. There's so much mystery about wine and, you know, if, whether, you know, it has to come from a certain place or it has to cost a certain amount of money or, or what have you. Um, and if you can help people, you know, feel um, like they get it, even just a little bit, and then they'll put their toe in the water, then they'll be up to their ankle, then they'll be up to their knees, and yeah. and soon they'll just be in the pool with like me. Yeah. And wine's part of a fantastically awesome lifestyle. You know, all all alcoholic beverage can be. You know, and it's uh, it serves a positive purpose when used appropriately, and yeah, and that's nice. what we do, right? So if we can if we can make this more accessible for people, then you know we we, we have contributed. Yeah, it's a brilliant way to look at it. 
And I kind of wonder, so the, the transition, school structured. Right? Mm-hmm. School has quarters. It has tests. It has these milestones. Mm-hmm. How did that transition into the hospitality industry work for you? Because that seems a little more loose, you know, very, very soft skill based, not really like specific milestones and things. I, I agree with you. There, you know, the... There are some specific milestones. You know, the Court of Masters Solonese was a milestone for mm-hmm. sure, and uh, I did that just because I, you know, I got to. At one point, I had the greatest wine job on the planet. I don't, I don't know if that job is still as good as it is when it when I had it. I had it as the sommelier role at the Little Nell Hotel in Aspen, and oh man, from 2000 to 2008, um, the town was going crazy. The world was going crazy in an yeah. economically positive way, and and. The things people drank uh, and the fun people had, and myself included, was yeah. it was amazing. But my very first night there, I got there it was like June twelfth in the year two thousand, and I realized immediately that the guests knew more than me. And oh, that, how, you, how were you feeling about that? Fucking freaked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like not okay. Like yeah, I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not worthy of this job at this point. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can be polite and I know a little bit, and you know, I can open wine and do service with a plum, but. Um, that's not enough. So that's what in, you know it's pushed me to do the court of master sommelier thing, and it and it was pure myopia. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't ski uh, before I took the advanced exam, and before I took the master's exam, I'd just wake up, study, work, sleep, exercise, repeat. Right. Um, which is good because then I was done with it very very quickly, and it's not about getting it done, but it, when you're done, you, are, you know, allegedly have a level of knowledge and and. Um, I achieved that level of knowledge, but then, you know, sort of a long, long way back to where we were, but um, then you're better able to do your job with your guests. Right. You so, framed it in an interesting way. You're yeah. like, how do I better serve the guests? Exactly. Not myself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, you know, and, but at the same time, you serve yourself by serving your guests, right? So you sure. have job satisfaction. Symbiotic, yeah. Um, you make relationships. You know, every single one of my business partners has come through some relationship at the sure. Nell. Um, my best friends have come from the Nell. It's it's a very, you know, at that time it was a very special place. It still is a very special place. An incubator, I just thought right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love thinking of like certain bars at certain times being that way. Yeah. yeah. But then back to what you said about it doesn't have the same, you know, the service industry doesn't have the same, you know, rigid, um, you know, confines or goals or what have you. I think that's even better um, because it really separates people. And what I mean by that is if you are if you care about your job, you're going to be good at it. Yeah, sure. Um, and if you don't care about your job, it's going to show immediately, yeah. right? Because, like, you can show up to work and put on your tie and sit in your cubicle and punch your, you know, keyboard and right. answer your emails, <laughs> and it looks like you're doing your job. But, you know, if you have to go and, and wait tables and you don't care, it's going to be really apparent very, very quickly Absolutely. that you don't care. And if you don't care, then you suck. And if you suck, well, then get out. Um, yeah, do something you don't dislike yeah exactly exactly that's it so what i really love let's take the positive side of that is when you have a great team or great group of people working together it's really special because everybody wants to be there and everybody cares and everybody wants to make it great so there's a real um well for sure there's camaraderie that comes with that but there's a there's a caring thoughtful environment that can be created um and you know focused towards excellence which is making people happy um, and that's a special thing to be a part of, you know. It's, At the right time, it is right. Yeah, it's some, it's 
all cylinders are firing in exactly the right way. Yeah, order. yeah, yeah. It's the theater, you know. Every time you step from the back of the house out to the to the floor, yeah. you're on stage, and and that's it's totally bitching. I love it. It's a great thing. Time and place is is yep. so paramount in making that possible. Yep. Like Motley Crue couldn't be big now. No, <laughs> you no, know? no, it's true. But L.A. Yeah. at that time, it's mm-hmm. a perfect kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an interesting theme this week as I've been talking to people. I heard really one beautiful way to look at the hospitality industry, which could, would can we consider that a step away from academia for you? Like, because you kind of did what you needed to do in the college space. And then, mm-hmm. so she said, this, this fine woman, Zara Bates said, you go into the hospitality industry whether you know it or not, with a purpose. Yep. You go into it with a specific thing that you want to get out of it. Right. Much like life, I guess, right? Yep. But did, can you consciously think about the reason that you got into the hospitality? What was it going to do for you? Me not, personally? Yeah, but not yeah. in a selfish way, but like how was it going to, in a sense, like enhance you? Yeah, well, let's see. Um, I can think of a number of, of, of things. I, I do... Um, yeah, that's, that's a great question. I know that I need to be able to, and sort of back to that ADHD thing, I yeah. need to be able to do what I want to do. Um, hospitality industry, this is this is in no specific order, but it affords right. you your days. So if I have my days to do what I want to do, like that's huge. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. It's enormous. Um, a second thing is there's, there's room for individuality mm-hmm. there. And I need that, like, and not like, hey, it's all about me. But I, that's 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 not it. It's if you're not allowed, if I'm not allowed to be myself to some degree, that it just misery sets in, and and yeah. and then you don't do anything well. Um, so that that opportunity for individuality works. There's, I think, it can be very entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. You know, as a waiter, even if you pull tips, you're still running your own business within a business. That's true. Yeah, and that's ultra important to me. Um, I'm ve- very goal oriented. Take away a goal, and I'm out. Yeah, like just doesn't. Well, I, I, I love it. No that, interest. That even for for someone that is uh, insightful and cerebral and intelligent as you, at least as I perceive in uh, at this moment. You you knew that there were things that you could get out of it that Absolutely. would help you be a better person. I also knew that um, I wanted to have the best wine job in the world. And yeah. I had landed it. That's incredible. The, I mean, that was amazing. And it's not like, oh, I have to have this stripe that I have the best wine job in the world. It's like, no, I want to be in this environment mm. where I meet all these people, I drink all this crazy shit, and I learn about the world of wine, which is which is what I'm what I'm really yeah. here to do. You know, I'm here to learn at the about epicenter wine. of this culture, like the access to the flavors, the people, because it's a transient. Yeah, like it, yeah. I guess uh, people go there on vacation all the time. You know, yeah. from everywhere. You meet every single person at the Nell, from Dr. Dre to Bill Clinton. That's so crazy. Yeah. By the way, Dre's security detail is much more intense than the president's. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I yeah. absolutely believe it. Yeah, Shug Knight's still out there looking for him. Dude, while well, he's got good good equity and beats and stuff, and made yep. a bit off that deal, I'm sure. Yep. You know, so the shift away from hospitality, which is always going to be an undercurrent, I think, mm-hmm. of how we interact with each other, how when you're mm-hmm. around talking to people about Sombra and things, you wanted to do your own wine label, right? Is that kind of one of the next? Yeah. Things? So. That was, I mean, that was really the next step. I passed the, the master sommelier exam in 2003, and the next day I wasn't excited about it. Like, I really woke up wow. with this, like, hole, you know. It's like I was describing in the apartment yesterday when I got itchy. It's the same thing. Like, yeah, yeah. oh, man, because, oh, God, wow, what? 
you know, so every day for the you know the previous three years, I took worked my way through the various exams. It was wake up, exercise, study, you had work, yeah. sleep, repeat. And you now I wake up, exercise, but now there's like that thing I was working on is gone. What do I, oh man, that's yeah. It was what do you so do? yeah. And you say, well, you can you know reappropriate some of that time for your family or whatever. No, that no, only goes so far. <laughs> it only goes so far. You still have to satisfy that thing in you, that yeah. rage, you know. So I thought, well, it's one thing um, to to read about it, and it's another thing to get dirty. So let's get dirty. And that was also for me the beginning of the first step of of furthering my entrepreneurial need, you know, to work for myself. Of, yeah. Let's see if this thing floats, and if it floats, well, then it can take me places. And um, so we started making uh, a wine in uh, Australia, um, and it was Grenache. And at the time, people say, "Well, what's in Grenache?" And you're like, "That's not what's in Grenache; it's its own thing." Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. sixteen, whatever, thirteen, fourteen years later, now. People know what what it is, but but at that time they didn't, and that was fine um, because I I love the stuff. I saw it as the warm climate analogy of Pinot Noir, uh-huh. and you know if I love something, it's a pretty good chance I can convince you to love it. Yeah, um, because it you know I'm excited about it, right? Sure. And if you're not excited about it, you're like, oh yeah, I make Chardonnay like all the rest of the world, like ho hum. Except this one says Richard's Cuvée. Well, fuck that. No yeah, one's going to drink that. Care, right? Yeah, nobody cares. So. Um, yeah, long. I guess uh, long story short, we started with Grenache. Um, we did really well with uh, got a lot of n- nice accolades, yeah. um, and uh, made a few more wines in Australia. And simultaneously, we added California, and then we added France. Mm. Um, so under this Best and Show label, we we're making wine in all these places. And then um, we wanted to work in Italy, so we enabled, you know, used our model and co co founded a business with. Um, some friends, uh, one called Scarpetta. Scarpetta, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Stuckey and Lachlan McKinnon Patterson. So Dennis Scholl and I applied our model with these guys and, and started Scarpetta. Um, so that all got going. And then I was working on both of those labels, working full time at the Nell. And uh, hey, how old are we talking? I'm. Or when you were doing that stuff? So let's see. I guess. I would have been 32. It's when, a good time yeah, to do when it. we knocked that out. Did you yeah. have kids yet? I did. I had a two-year-old little girl. Wow. Yeah. She's now 16. You knew it's... That's incredible, yep. man. But you know what's really funny about that? And I, I love this because I laugh. Not because uh, I think it's like a dig on family or anything. But family, the, it's a law of diminishing returns mm-hmm. at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Like, you think that, oh, well, I'm going to be a better husband because I'm spending more time. But like yeah. at some point... It's just extra time. I'm not really helping out that much. Exactly. Totally. You know? Yeah. So that's what it's like. Well, here's a good time to cut it. Exactly. I feel like we're, we're still pretty intimate. Yep. Let me go do these other things, right? Exactly. You have to. And does, that, you have to be yourself before, sure. yeah. Before does, you does your, how, how does your wife feel about it? Well, uh, that wife is no longer my wife. Fair uh, enough. <laughs> so we, we share that. We share yeah, that. Yeah. And she, she's actually as excited about it as I am. You know, we... We uh, we got together before I was even able to drink oh, wow. legal, legally. That yeah, is, but um, you know, I didn't even know who I was at that point in time in my life, and yeah. and uh, everybody grows and, and we do some things. You do some things that we wouldn't do today, probably. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Or you know, you find your way to like new enthusiasms, yeah. no matter what they may be, and um, and so I mean, the the nice result is that um, she's 
she's now on with her life doing things and, that are making her really happy, yeah. and I'm on with my life doing things that are making me really happy, and uh, remarried, actually, to the most wonderful woman in the world. Second time's always the best time I hear. It's great. Yeah. It's, I couldn't, I couldn't be happier, and you know that thing people always say, they married their best friend, and you're like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. Well, now, now I'm one of those guys. I, I, did, Dude, I, did, I did this. I married my best friend. She's I, awesome. You know what's funny is I don't, I don't not, I'm not really sure why people are so po- apologetic about love, yeah. about like textbook love, you yep. know? They're like... Oh no, but it's I, I swear it's not cheesy. Like yeah. we have a really sincere connection. She's like, yeah. I don't know why that is. Oh, I don't know either. I wish we weren't. I know. <laughs> yeah. but, it, but it's okay. I'm I am i am right there with you. Like yeah. having that doesn't it provide a wonderful foundation to thrive in that those intellectual areas too? It does. Yeah. I mean, it sets you up. I have this you know, I get asked all the time and, and this is this is a long way of answering your question, but I ask all the time, like, hey, what, what, what should I do to to pass this test and you know as young people are going through the master soulmate exam they want yeah. like what's the secret you know what's the Richard Betts juice and I, I tell people to figure out how to have their best day meaning yeah, you know they expect me to say study this read that whatever yeah. and it's like no I'm assuming you've done all that if you get invited to the test you're prepared to pass right. but the last piece is the you piece and so I know that if I get up in the morning I run I listen to loud music and I pound a beer. There's nothing the world can throw at me that I won't just brush off. Amazing. How do you, how you be your best you? And so that and that extends to you know more than a, a routine like that. You have to set yourself up with the right people around you. That mm. you know fall in love with the right people. And yeah, back back to you know now being married to Carla. Like we're we're so good at helping each other be our best self. Yeah. That then you can create, then you can travel 300 days a year, then you can you know do all the things you do to build your constituency for for sombra or, yeah. or our wine or what have you. It it gets it's easy and it's fun because you're coming from a good place, dude. That's right. Like, I don't think you can truly be successful and follow through with those things if there are these mental obstructions. Absolutely. Which AKA could be trauma. Yep. This this kind of rift between you and the person you have this emotional you're just deta- entanglement with you yep. know and that's why it's I, I don't think i try to avoid conflict yeah but avoiding conflict's a great thing yeah resolution's also great totally but do you you seem very even tempered very even keeled do you how what's your approach you talk about this is either personally or professionally yeah dealing with conflict oh yeah well um i love I mean, I'm very happy with the way I deal with it. And then after I tell you about how I deal with it, I will say that there are some downfalls to how I deal with it. Okay. Um, so the way I deal with it is just, it, it's you know, just like we're apologizing for love. I feel right. like I'm apologizing again for using something that we all know, but life is fucking short. Sure. It is short. And, you know, I, I don't, you know, the older you get, the more friends you lose. But I have lost a lot of friends recently to wow. accident, to suicide, um, to just weird circumstances. And, you know, I've always had this carpe diem attitude, but this just puts it into high relief for me. And, like, you know, none of this matters. Like, our work in the spirits industry is awesome. We're fucking lucky. We're not not emptying bedpans. We're not saving lives. So in the end, like, when there's stress around it, just I just remind myself it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't matter. You know what matters is that really happy dog coming down the block, and I'm going to pet it. Yeah. In fact, I did that this morning. I went yeah, to the yeah. farmers market. I pet dogs and ate barbecue. It was great. Um, perfect way to start a morning. Totally. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I 
spent so much time outdoors as a kid, I, I get outdoors. And that's that's where I find clarity. You yeah. know, you don't find clarity with the noise of humanity. I find or clarity. Or in your hand. Right? Yeah, exactly. None of that. You know, you certainly don't find clarity flipping through Twitter or whatever. And um, it, it, that's just that's just more noise. So for me, I really value the time I have on the planet. Mm. And, and with that held as the, the most important thing, I avoid most of the drama. Yeah. It's, it's really a good thing. Because it's unimportant. Yeah, it's That's unimportant. It's like, gosh, why? You know, why are we arguing about this? Like, right. Why are we upset about this? Like, okay, even if it's an issue, like, okay, this is an issue, mm. then let's just fix it and move on. Yeah, for like, sure. you know, mud thrown is ground lost. Like, anger is, is just bad. It doesn't, that's just lost energy. You know, yeah. you don't get that back. You don't get that moment back. You don't right. get that part of your soul back. And you it gets more negative. It right? does. Yeah, it, it does. It's a bad it's loop. It's a snowball. Yeah. Seriously. The downside to this is that <laughs> um, some people don't think I'm serious. And that's, that's really? yeah, it's an interesting thing I'm dealing with right now, actually. Is it, is it that they feel like you're too subdued and it lacks passion? Uh, no. No, they know I'm passionate. But they're like, oh, he's going to be fine with this. And and I will say casually like I'm not fine with this. And like oh no he's gonna be fine with this. I'm like no I'm not fine with this. And so eventually um, there are moments where you do have to jump up and down. Yeah. And like listen this is not okay right? right. Like yeah. I'm not okay with this. This isn't gonna work. And um, I try you know you always hope people will will do their best and find their way to the right result without that having to happen. Mm. Um, it's, not always. It is, yeah, but it's. It would be. I would be lying if I said that it that I don't have to escalate sometimes, yeah. and that's whatever. The, the good news is it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, you have yeah. to know when to do it. Yeah, yeah. And that's and what makes you good at being a businessman. It makes you good at being creative, a good partner, yeah. all this. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dick sometimes, Maybe yeah. You just have to. But the the nice path is to give people the opportunity to do the right thing. Yeah. For as long as possible, and. You know, and sometimes it comes around without having to, you know, get, get involved best, in the drama, this right? Is the best, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, just satisfying, and you remain mellow, yeah. and we're doing your own thing in the meantime. It makes a lot of sense. Well, so you, your focus on the outdoors and how clarifying that is, and how much mm-hmm. solace can be obtained by yep. Jesus being in Oaxaca just alone, right? Mm-hmm. I imagine that there was some piece of that element that appealed to you about mezcal itself. Oh, for sure. So mezcal finds us. Yeah, it does. How did Mescal find you? Found me, um, you know, in, in an interesting way. Uh, as I told you, I had these two wine businesses going. Um, I was living in Aspen. I love the nightlife. Mm. I'd grown up drinking agave spirits. I think everything on the bar is amazing. It's really interesting. There's this, this fantastic cornucopia of cool stuff from all over the world. Mm. But, but only agave spirits are uppers. I really believe they have a physio- physiologically unique effect on us um you know i i dig whiskey and i dig gin and i use them uh to go to sleep and pacify myself on an airplane respectively that's that's what that's what they do like it's not say i drink a glass of whiskey to go to sleep but i drink when i i tuck into whiskey when i know that like okay things are winding down things are winding down exactly makes sense um gin is like oh man i'm on this airplane and i just need to cool out and it just helps with that yeah um but if I'm in neither of those situations where, uh, you know, I want to be up and fun and talkative and like into people and exploring yeah. where I am. And that's generally my MO. Um, agave spirits, you know, they they serve 
uh, a real purpose there. Interesting. Yeah, different it's, sugar. It's an on ramp. Exactly. You know, it's a little bit different. Totally. So, so it's the on ramp. That's how I consider it. I love it. Yeah. So at that point in my life, I'm loving the on ramp. I'm like, I'm going to go um, start Tequila Brand. And so I went to Tequila and was immediately depressed because you know the commercialization, yes, the commercialization piece. Yeah. Like, yes, there are a few arts and tequilas made, and we make one now ourselves, but. Um, for the most part, and in particular this time, this was in 2005, um, I went and saw, you know, things, the, the agave are steamed in this autoclave, this pressure cooker, and they come out and they get run down this 30-foot conveyor belt with all these, like, knives and waters pouring over right. it. And at the end of the conveyor belt, all the liquid and sugar has been pulled off into liquid form, and all the solids, you know, all the fibers go into the garbage. And I stood there scratching my head going, like, you just threw out all the information. Like everything that was going to give this real flavor, you yeah. just put it in the trash. It's like trying to make red wine without the, the skins. skins. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, doesn't yeah. work. So um, I was depressed and I left and I went all over Mexico and we drank Ricea and we drank Sotol and we drank more Bacanora and we drank Mezcal from Durango, which is interesting, but not for me. Different stuff. Yeah. Very different stuff. And I mean, the, one of the founding principles of everything we make is, is we make what we like. Because if you don't you like it, to. yeah, if you don't like it, I have to drink it all. I can do that. <laughs> I can do it. But I'm going to make something I, I, that pleases me. So when we got to Oaxaca, like, okay, this is the place, you know, and because it has this, it's, you know, we use the word terroir in wine, mm. but it has the connection to the people and the place and the geology, the geography, the history, the cuisine. Yeah. It's all there. It's so rich. Plus, you're in this staggeringly beautiful place, you know, and you yeah. know, butterflies floating by. And it's Colorful just, as hell. I mean, it's, it's amazing. So beautiful it's yeah. so beautiful. Um, and the people, know, the people are like their hearts are beautiful. It's, it's lovely. It's, and then, yeah. then it's Hispanic culture, I think, probably on the whole. You know, it's weird. But we talk about, <laughs> right? Talking about being apologetic about oh, being angry or being in love. I almost, in some sense, like everybody, they romanticize Oaxaca, and mm -hmm. I understand why they romanticize mezcal as well, and I understand why. Yep. But to me, it's becoming a little bit, like. I was listening to that band before they signed to a major label. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, is totally. That, it feels like it's growing into that. And I'm kinda, I kind of, I don't want to build resentment. I don't want to build any yeah. anger. But have you been wrestling with that at all? Um, yeah, of course. You know, but there's a, there, there are many bands, which is the good news. Good like, point. yeah, everyone's paying attention to Mezcal, which is a really exciting thing. Um, and the good news is that it will bring more positivity to the thing. I yeah. think we're in a place where there's going to be a little bit of a shakeout, yeah. you know, um, where less scrupulous producers are going to be, uh, they're going to be seen for what they are, I think. Posers, that, as we said back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I want to choose my words carefully be, because I'm, you know, I'm still articulating it for myself, but it's an interesting place where there's almost a little of that, you know, that element that turned me off in tequila, that's mm -hmm. arriving in right. in Oaxaca. And they're like, hey, this is us. This is the brand. This is the thing. And glamour, glamour, or whatever, or tradition, tradition. But, but um, when you go there and see that that's not really the case, it's, you know, it's it's, it's empty. And that's that's uninteresting. But I don't, I don't feel like that's a, it's a threat, but I don't think it's going to win. Mm. You know, I think that there are more, um, people being really conscientious about how this will be done and that's that's part of that's coming from necessity you know like this thing is growing faster than 
mezcal production can feed it. Yeah. And so people are having to figure out, you know, how to do it better, but also do it, I mean, as in making more, but they have, are figuring out how to do it better yeah. and correctly. And so, I mean, we're actually trying to take the lead in this. You know, we just built this amazing palenque and um, I, I want to tangent on that for a Please, second, yeah. if we may. It's, it's, I, one of, you know, back to data and dogma, right? Dogma, mm -hmm. tradition. Okay, it's not traditional. It has to be traditional. Like, well, let's talk about tradition. Right. As an example, why are palenques all on the river? That's traditional, right? They, right. They're on a river because you need a source of water and part yes, of it. For the condenser, yeah. Yeah, part of it for the condenser and part of it um, to help the fermentation if you have to thin this up a little bit. Right, right. But what, so all we do is, you know, the goose lays the golden egg and then we're holding this bottle of mezcal in our hand like, wow, okay? But it's distillation, right. meaning it, you're, what you're holding in your hand is maybe like one sixth or one eighth of what actually went into the still. Exactly. So what happened to the other, you know, seven eighths? Right. Where are those? Where are they going? Where are you dumping them? Yeah. In the river. That's right. Okay. So it's highly acidic. It's oxygen starved. Um, so when you put it in the river, the first thing it does, is it pulls out all the oxygen. And who needs the oxygen in the, in the river? The fish. That's well, they're right. all gone, yeah. right? You've changed the pH greatly so people can't drink the stuff. People nothing can live in it, right? Nothing can live in it. You can't drink it anymore. But the people in the next village downstream are bathing in it, right? So that's tradition bad, right? That yeah. that's not a, that's not helpful. Um, so for us, it's been a really exciting opportunity to examine this whole thing and like, okay, it's traditional to roast in the ground. Mm -hmm. That's really important. Okay, sure. let's do that. Let's do it really well. Let's figure out like what is the right wood type and yeah. like, here's a scientist to me like, okay, I hate mesquite. I think mesquite is is a poor wood to use for making mezcal because it's too sappy, it's too smoky and right. then all you can taste is too heavy-handed, right? Exactly. But point is like, okay, it's really important that we continue to roast in the ground. Um but why, you know, do we have to take water from the river? No, let's catch it from the rain. You know, right. and to, to wit, we have 100,000 gallons of the stuff that's all rainwater caught underneath the palenque, you know, so it's stored underneath the palenque. Like, that's interesting. Because there's efficiencies. To, yeah, there are efficiencies yeah. to, like, why, did, why does the horse have to turn the tahona? you got to have a tahona. That matters. Right. But why does the horse have to do it? That's actually a miserable fucking life for the horse. That right. sucks. It's just they're walking in circles. It sucks. It really sucks. So let's turn the thing with electricity. But let's harvest electricity from the sun. Right. right? Zero, so, yeah, zero emissions. So, just so you can do all this stuff. But then, you know, back to those seven-eighths. Um, or actually, let's, let's take one step um, back in the production. Like, why, why do we, why chop wood? And I get, like, not everybody can go and, you know, it's not a big check, but not everybody can go write a check and, and buy a, um, you know, a, like a, we've created this thing with, we burn gas and you feed it oxygen and so you actually use very, very, very little natural gas, but it's natural oh, gas. Yeah, right. So yeah. it's, so it's, it's much cleaner and you're not chopping down trees to, to fire your still and like, well, that's the traditional way to do it is with wood, but why? Why? There's because no a heat source is a heat source in this case, right? You could use steam if you could do it. You could. Yeah. You could. But if you use wood, one, it's, you know, you're creating more CO2. It's bad for the planet. You're dropping right. down the trees. And it's also really imprecise. You know, you don't make you're better mezcal by being totally imprecise. Right. Yeah. Um, to then the seven-eighths that's left over, whatever, whatever it is, and all the fibers and, and garbage. Yeah. You know, let's not put that in the river. So we're, we're actually trying to lead the way. And we're trying to run this whole thing as an open book so that... Um, We'll say, hey, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. Mm. We would encourage. This is how we did it. This is what it costs. And so, hopefully, every mezcal Open producer floor, like, can learn from you know yeah. us. You know, we're 
walk in the plank first. And, you know, it's and like see Tesla what works. did that. They made yeah. all of their battery technology open exactly. so that everybody can do it because th- that's the right thing to do. Absolutely. You're trying 100%. to make the industry better. So, fuck, dude, it's not about making money. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think you're not right. Not like, at all. Not at all. Yeah. And th- those are really, really interesting things. As a distiller, yeah. like, yeah, steam works. Yeah. Direct heat where an element works if you can yeah. get solar into, you know, like yeah. wood is incredibly imprecise. Yeah, incredibly so. And better distillate is achieved by having a consistent temperature so that you absolutely. can, you know, control those things. So I absolutely get that. Yeah. So when did Sombra start? What year did you guys put 2006 out? was our first. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, so here we are 11 years later. That's amazing. When we started, it was, you know, it was Ron, yeah. of course. Um, and it was... I've never met him. Uh, Douglas French was making Scorpion. Okay. The mezcal with a Scorpion on the bottom. Uh, I've not tried it. Um, and ourselves, really. That was that's insane. That was really the landscape at the time. Yeah. I might be forgetting somebody, but it, that was pretty much it. And Still, just a few players at that time. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, and it's. I told my friends I started a mezcal business, and and they're like, "Oh, you're going to go to jail." I was like, "What?" Like yeah, mescaline's illegal. Not mescaline. It's not mescaline. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like it's just like Grenache at the time. Like yeah. you know, like people didn't know it wasn't what Grenache was, and they didn't know real mescaline or mescal wasn't on the tips of their tongue Dude, at the time. I, I went to a place just this just during Christmas in Fort uh-huh. Worth. Now it was brilliant selection. The back bar, yeah. right? So their back bar is amazing. They've got all the wonderful stuff, Tora and all the guys, all Ron stuff. You know. Anyway, so I, I said, I love mescal. I collect it. So had a little bit of insight into it and the guy's like you should have this añejo one with the worm in it oh man and i'm like what i looked at him and i'm like are you fucking with me i totally. actually asked him are you fucking with me that's you, amazing you have amazing you have like mescalero special bottlings like everything yeah. back there and that's the one you're gonna say yeah it's good I'm like i don't know where the fuck i am right now totally but that's you're right so there's still that massive opportunity it's for amazing. education yeah i mean this is a great time for mesc this is still when all the great art's being created. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and it, it obviously won't have to taper off because yeah. there's so many new brands coming in. And then if yeah. people aren't taking the green side of it seriously, it's not going to be sustainable. Totally. I, you know, I think, uh, I want to jump on that for a minute. I, I'm, I, one of the things that, you know, I could say is an open call to all the Mescal producers, if any of you are listening, like the rising tide's going to lift all ships. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's this, ridiculous idea that it needs to be competitive amongst us is just ridiculous it's weird um you know it's the a category is bigger than one brand right and together we've created a category and that category will continue to grow and can sustain so much good work Mm. that i i see it coming you know i we're putting our money where our mouth is with the sharing of ideas but um i look forward to the day when you know there's a real camaraderie within it it's getting close i hope so i hope so you know um and that camaraderie will then allow us to take better care of oaxaca which i think is is important actually can we come back to the seven eights we didn't talk about that the shit that yeah gets thrown out Um, i I was thinking about that so as an example um we're working on three things with the the waste the Mm -hmm. the vinasas essentially um one is you just turn it into compost which is good. It's good. A lot of stuff really grown good. in there. Yeah. Totally. The second that we're working on, in fact, we're, we're um, I think we're going to pick up this machine soon, is we can take the bagasso and create adobe bricks and then you build housing. Oh, that's amazing. That's going to be amazing. Build um, your whole, you can build a rick house. 
Yeah, or right. we, we or do a do a public, you know, some sort of public housing initiative. Maybe, um, yeah. We're already actually in Matatlan. We're teaching English classes and dance classes and endowing the library. And That's amazing. It's wow. really cool to give back. You got to give back to the community. And I mean, well, it's, is, I just, it's so. like, what's the next humanitarian step? One hundred percent. hundred percent. You know, and and that's. It's yeah. It's that's you. You have to do good while you're trying to do well. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think so. Um, but and then the final is, I think we're going to be able to turn the Venasas into biofuel and then use that to actually fire the stills. Amazing. Yeah. That's like that's if we can get that done. I mean, it's a real cool step for the oh, industry amazing. and yeah. for for Oaxaca and like you know. All right, this as you said, everyone romances the place, but in, in reality, mezcal production's very dirty. Oh, so if we're going to still be romantic about it, let's take care of this place. Yeah. Let's take care of it. And so that's the, I would like to see the camaraderie within the mezcal industry um, develop around that. Like, yeah. How do we take care of this place, take care of these people, and you know, make sure everyone's paid well? It's and, an interesting equation, too, I think that probably appeals to you. Like uh, it's yeah. a problem, it's a puzzle. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I love that where it's like you've got this thing Right. Yeah. It's a total MacGyver episode. Yeah. I'm about, I am about to <laughs> get sunk. Exactly. How do I put these things? I've got the, the spent agave fiber. I've got water. I've got some dirt. Yep. How do I turn this into something that I need to get out of this totally. situation? I love those kinds of puzzles as well. It's so fun. So Sombra's been out since 2006. You said 11 yeah. years. 11 years. Insane. Yeah. And you guys, it's the one Espadine that's out, right? Yep, exactly. But we are sipping... What is one of really of the most lovely tobolas I've had? Thank you. This is really, really incredible. Like Thank a friends you. and family mezcal version. Exactly. Yeah. With we want to, you know, you, you I riffed on on tradition and how do you make things better. We've we've really thought about how do I do one thing yeah. and do it really, really well. Yeah. I want to be, you know, the best and the most accessible. Totally. Meaning, like, I want to make something great and share it with as many people as I can. Mm. Um, and so that's what, what we've been trying to do with um, the Sombra and the Espadine. Um, I'm by nature a curious person, and uh, we wanted to, to play with some of the wild agave, but there's also real pressure on it. Mm -hmm. And so I think you have to be very, very careful if you're going to commercialize these things. And, and someday we may in tiny, tiny quantities. Um, but for three years in a row, we just did our own little, you know, ceremonial single Tobala roast Amazing. and single, um, you know, single uh, run distillation, two distillations, but single production. Um, and we made 50 of these 1.75 liter bottles yeah. to give to people. And, you know, we could have put them in small bottles and spread it around, or you could have put them in 750s and spread it around. But, like, fuck it. You're my buddy. Here's yeah. 1.75 liters of this stuff. Enjoy. That's, um, I mean, that is a bold. It's a, a fun thing to do, man. really bold move. I mean, it's so cool. Every time I hand one of those to somebody, I feel like it's the, the gift of giving. It feels so good. It is, it's insane. And it is really spectacular. Total. Thank you. It's not too cheesy, so it's stayed out yeah. after fermentation exactly the right amount of time, or rather after cooking. The distillation is very, very point and very balanced. I feel very good about the blending. From a meager dude's perspective. You, 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 uh, you, you're talking like an authority. I like it. It's good. It's really delicious stuff. So I've got one last question. Wow, shit. Actually, two questions for you. Anything. Really interesting, insightful guy. And uh, it seems like everything interests you. You know what I mean? Like yep. if you can get into the details and build these equations of how mm -hmm. things work. Well, one thing is, it seems like you've done an awful lot of things. Mm -hmm. You've you set the ship to sail in a direction. You, you met the destination, and then you set it and point it. 
yep. rinse and repeat, right? So what is beyond this amazing and massive kind of humanitarian effort for the mm-hmm. communities in Oaxaca surrounding mezcal production, what is the next perhaps booze-related endeavor for you? Have you thought about it as a public that, yet? That's a great question. Um, yeah, I'm an open book. Uh, I have thought um, separately on my own. Uh, I mean, I haven't chatted about this with any potential partners is, is the point. But yeah. um, I think, and you may think I'm crazy, I think there's room for a really good mixto tequila. No kidding. I do. Yeah. And I'm going to do it with some crazy ass rum as the other half. No but shit. Yeah, I found some stuff and I'm, I love Agricole. In oh, fact, yeah. I like, to me, Agricole is the single best smelling spirit to me. It's yeah. it's like, it's catnip, you know, yeah, like yeah. some people love cilantro, some people hate cilantro. I could sleep in a bed of cilantro. And for me, yeah. Agricole is, is that thing. Hmm. I don't love the way it makes me feel as much as I do agave spirits, but right. I just love the way it sniffs. And so, look, this is one of those things that, you know, you're listening, you might say he's an idiot or you might think I'm a nut, but I, but I want to try it and see what happens. Something um, tastes good. It tastes good, right? Exactly. Exactly. I need to learn more about, like, what's the history of Mixto? Was it done just because it was cheap or was it done as a shortcut and if right. so well then there's no noble history there but maybe there's maybe there is something noble somewhere yeah. or i don't know i don't know why not um yeah i don't know who but, knows that it, it could fall flat on his face but i'm curious about that and yeah. so the way i'll explore it is i'll probably um go to this place uh, got this place out in the mountains i'm dreaming about and uh and get something done and i'll come test it on you and all these you know guys brilliant minds and just yeah. say here drink this tell me what you think and that's that's how it goes. Well, you know, Four Roses had a big problem, or not a problem, but a, a challenge. Same thing with High West about blending yeah. whiskeys. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, it's like you do. It's like making a salad or making a dressing. Yeah, it's like oil and vinegar. Cool. Yeah. Well, if you throw some tarragon in there. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. It's an interesting element, right? Yeah. Well, what about some Chihuahuan smoke salt? Oh, yeah. fuck! Wow. Now you're really building. So totally. to me, it's composition and flavor. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And what if we can? What if you make something that's truly delicious and is like. 12 bucks dude it, that's exactly the holy grail right it's kind of it you is. know I so mean, we'll I'd, see i love i love that approach and i think it's really really bold and i i've got no i think if it tastes good it tastes good yeah you know, and you're being at the goal which you you will i don't yeah. think you you are bound to like this this uh, what is it a uh, hippocratic oath of production yeah. and stuff so i think you'll be yeah just fine there there's, there's a part b to it though oh what's that i'm going to take we make rosé in provence and i'm going to turn that into a pink vermouth also oh so we'll, we'll really? see we'll see that's yeah. cool too yeah yeah that'll happen sooner actually. yeah well then i think people are like oh that makes sense let's do that you know yeah a little yeah. bit less uh yeah we're already ma- we're already making the wine the yeah mechanicals exactly. are there just gotta just combine know. the two yeah well so the last question i've got for you is you're Sipping some mezcal, let's say some Palenque or a mescalaria somewhere mm-hmm. in Oaxaca. Yep. You can sit and chat and pick the brain of anybody that has ever lived or died. Who might that person be that you would sit and really want to talk to? I love that question. Um, my answer changed last night. I was up late, actually. Okay. I think about this question all the time. I, I, I probably I, think about this question three times a week. That's incredible. Has yeah. anybody asked you that before? Never. Yeah. No. Um, I love this question, and my answer is it's it's uh, it's transient. It's here. It's right now, yeah. um, and it's as of today. John Hughes, Chicago-born, or excuse me, Illinois-born director. Exactly, John Hughes. Yeah, Breakfast Club, Ferris yes, Bueller's Day Off, like camp. all of that stuff. Um, Home Alone, even. 
Like, wow. yeah, I mean, that guy had heart. He's passed yeah, away uh, yeah. in 2009, but um, he tapped into uh, like this love and romance and emotion and toil in a way that I don't think I've ever like experienced with anybody else. Yeah, and I just want to understand what that guy's heart's all about. Do you know why I think that is? And I, film is a whole. We'll have to have this conversation on the time, but. He was never jaded. He never judged his characters. Exactly. Right? That's it. He, they That's were just it. people with their flaws, and he had no problem with it. Totally. Because we're all human. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We ought not be jaded. It's, yeah. It is. He's, Isn't he's it? such a kind man, it seemed like. Yeah. yeah. That's a brilliant answer for John Hughes. Right on. I bet he would enjoy like a good beer. Oh, I'd, God, I'd, I'm certain we'd have a good time. That'd be really good. Yeah. Dude, it's been really, really a pleasure chatting with you, Richard. Thank you for having uh, me. I think you're really going to enjoy the rest of the conference. And This Tobola is magical. Right and, uh, on. I'm going to sprinkle it on my shoes. I love that. A, a way to commemorate <laughs> the day, dude. Thanks so much. Thank you. you. I appreciate it. Well, there we have it, Mr. Richard Betts, a wine importer, a mezcal importer. We get to sip some of the Sombra Mezcal Tobola which is not available in the States, and it was just delicious and really no finer spirit to sit and talk about the world, to sit and talk about music, agave, sustainability, and so much more with Richard Best. Mr. Travis Tober, the fine gentleman that he is, helped coordinate that interview, and I am eternally thankful. Richard is the kind of guy that you want to sit down and just learn as much as you can from him because once he sets his sight on doing something, he absolutely does it to the fullest. So thank you so much for chatting with me, Richard. And thank you for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter if you think there are too many gins coming into the market, despite how delicious they all may be, or if you're thinking, man, it's almost Tiki Week, please keep dancing.